0: Welcome back to the show this week, The Big Ticket Life. I love my intro where Brandon, my friend Brandon, says, stepping into your superpower. I know one of the superpowers my guest this week, Fitz Kohler, has is not to be low energy. Right. I think this is going to be your midday pump, midday jam session, get you wound up. Fitz Kohler, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, I always ask my guests, one of the things in our, our workflow as we bring guests on to the show each week is uh, what charities you're connected to. And uh, you listed, so let's let's jump right in there. You listed the Donna Foundation, American Cancer Society, and any pet rescue, which I just love because I love rescue dogs. We've got two of them now. Uh, we have three rescue cats. What is it that you love about animals?
1: Everything. Everything. They're the thing that gives me peace when the world says I shouldn't be at peace, right? Uh, I have mm-hmm. two. My, my dog, Piper, she's 14. Best friend no. I've ever had. She's pure love, pure commitment, pure loyalty. When I was six, she never left my side. Um, I, I don't need much. I need her. So I'll start. That's Joey. That's my little guy. He's two. He's another rescue. I've been trying to adopt a dog before that. And basically they were all unavailable because of the COVID experience. And then I decided, okay, I'm just going to stop looking and, um, something will show up that needs me. And it was him. So, so yeah, those animals, when I travel, I visit zoos, they just bring me joy. I I have friends who own a farm. I'm there quite frequently. And yeah, I mean, nothing's better than animals to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. They are very special. We have I think anybody that's rescued dogs always has a connection to any that they get, but it seems to be that everybody's got that one or two yeah. throughout their life where there was just that special specialness that exists. And we've got one of those in our pit bull named Gizmo. Um, Zeus is kind of cool too in that regard. I think more so for my wife, but no, uh, <laughs> but Gizmo is that special, special dog for me. So um, the Donna Foundation, what's that all about?
1: So uh, it's interesting. I, uh, so I'm sure we'll discuss it, but at some point in 2019, I had, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I finished treatment midway through 2020. So I did that for a long time, but you know, I host so many races. I'm a race announcer and host races for so many wonderful causes. And the only cause I didn't host anything for was uh, breast cancer. And so I connected with them and it just seemed to be the perfect match and that particular foundation, that organization is so much about love. And um, while I'm, I don't de- declare myself as the best at anything, I, nobody loves athletes like I do. And so I turned their start and finish line into a major love fest. And it's just a privilege to be there supporting uh, people who I know damn well exactly what they've been through. And mm-hmm. through this, these races created by Donna Deegan, uh, we raise funds and then we support men and women going through breast cancer treatment and then hopefully uh, more effective and kind cures.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you bring the energy to the races for sure. Costumes, fun.
1: Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. I will be the court jester if it makes people feel good about themselves. So it's yeah. a privilege.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I say that if you're not tuning into our show, Watching it, you should. You can catch it on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. We broadcast every Tuesday at noon, and we give this great element. You get to meet our guests, see them on screen, and my amazing producer Chris from Casthead does a great job showcasing the best that our guests have. Um, so, yeah, you you shared you uh, had a battle with breast cancer. Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing you kicked its butt. Is that I right? I'm sure dead.
1: Yep. Yep. Good for dead you. and gone forever. I've decided.
0: Good for you. No, thanks. And uh, so wrapping up mid-2020, what was that? You know, the title of our show, Control What You Can, When You Can. So here you are, you've you've been battling breast cancer for a few years at that point. Is that Uh, right? Two, three years?
1: I I had 15 months of chemo with the other two blended in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're nearing this finish line and then whammo, the door shuts for a few weeks to a couple months. What was that like? Uh, Like you're this close to the finish line.
1: Yeah, it was infuriating uh, because I decided at the beginning of my treatment where everyone was saying, stay home and be afraid, you might get germs. I decided my life is not worth living without these people and these events in it. You know, I was fully commitment from uh, the day of diagnosis that cancer might've taken my hair. It might've taken some of my good feelings and it did, but it was not going to take these incredible events I host, the extraordinary people I serve or time with my kids. And so I lived up to that, no matter how sick I got, and I was violently ill, and I really struggled through the travel and stuff. But the magic for me was no matter how sick I was, even if I slept on those hotel bathroom floors, when my alarm went off and I dragged myself over to my stages, every single thing that was wrong with me disappeared once I Mm. stepped into those stages. I wasn't sick, I wasn't tired, I wasn't suffering, there was no more pain, it was just pure joy. And, uh, yeah, so I lived, I guess, fearlessly during cancer. Cancer is big, scary. And then the fact that they shut the freaking world down for a virus was, uh, uh, not okay. Yeah. And it took the good things in my life away. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was infuriating. And so I'm, I'm not, uh, un, uh, I'm not unsympathetic for those who really suffered through COVID, but uh, freedom is number one in my book and they took my freedom. They took my choice. And also the support I had during my treatment, I could no longer go to chemo with a buddy. I can no longer go to chemo and have someone hold my hand while I was being mm-hmm. poked with a big old needle through the chest. So, so yeah, that's, that's the only thing I'll get cranky about Jeff is that situation. <laughs> Just, you know, well, I, I wasn't mad about cancer. I was mad yeah. that people took my freedom.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm, listen, I am right there with you. Yeah. Um, you know, our family, we, we got into camping the year before in 2019. And yeah. And so we were actually Sands, uh, RV at the time because late in the summer of 19, our neighbor, who's a friend, ran into it in the street. where wow. well, it was parked on the street what? after we got back from vacation. He just had a mental lapse and plamo right Whoops. into it, wipes it out. You know, the blessing was insurance gave us a nice check. It it seeded the new one that we got. But yeah, that, that summer we lived, we chose to live. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that was a choice that you had in a far, far different context. Right. But it was that choice. Choices. And I thought, yeah, I thought thinking about our show, you know, I, I made a post, uh, you know, I commit to post on social media daily. You probably do it multiple times a day.
1: Too much. Um,
0: yeah. Well, you know, listen, it's, Everybody's got their lane. Everybody's got their reasons. Okay. Everybody picks media that they that they are, uh, have an affinity to. But one of the posts I made was it is as simple as a choice, you know. And you you exemplified one of those choices of uh, if I have to sleep on the hotel floor on the bathroom because I'm just sick, my choice is to be amongst my people. Yeah. And what a powerful statement. Worth Why it. Why don't you expand on that?
1: It was worth it every time. You know, it's funny, and I and we'll get there, but the uh, first chapter of, of the most recent book is this it's control this is your healthy cancer comeback but control and for me uh, it's always control what you can when you can if there's something you really can't control then let it go but if you have the ability to control yourself your actions your scenario your your surroundings, do it every time
0: yeah yeah it really um, it really can be as simple as that Why do people? Why do people overcomplicate that? What do you um, think around their their decision making process there?
1: I well, I think a lot of people have the victim complex. They like to say, "I can't help it; it's not my fault. Someone made me." It's it's they did this mm. to me. Uh, I don't bite off on that. Uh, some people are afraid of hard work. Some people maybe just don't have enough confidence in their own abilities or the fearlessness it takes to put yourself out there on a limb. But I see no other way than forward. When I want something, I go get something. And that's, that's just the way it works for me. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Jeff?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, th- these are, these are the questions we think of, right? I mean, I think everyone has at least one thing in their life that does come easy. Right. Like going back to Brandon's comments, stepping into that superpower, right? Um, there's a guy who, and I've, I've seen his transformation. You know, Brandon's a very successful realtor, uh, real estate advisor, investor, has something like 20 companies all connected to real estate, right? Those two words are the hub and then there's 20 different spokes or so. And here's a guy I've seen in the course of two years, really less than two years, because it would be November of this year would be the two-year anniversary. Someone who's petrified to get on a stage and speak publicly.
1: Okay.
0: And yet rocks the house. And so his superpower is crossing that line of fear behind the stage to the spotlight. Like he can just do that. So I think everybody's got that one thing that they can do. So ask it this way. How do you build on that one thing people can do? Because obviously you're not in fitness, you're in fitness. You're, that's your whole thing. And so... How do you let's let's take on it that way? How do you take that person that you see they've got this one thing you can help them get their goals? What do you build on from there?
1: Uh, you know what it has to come from them. So my understanding of of who they are and what what they want goes a long way. I've learned many if I've been doing this for so long. I've learned that I can't make anybody care about fitness. I can hopefully compel them, but they it has to be intrinsic. Whether it's weight loss or gaining in strength, so they no longer have pain. Uh, so yeah, getting them to choose themselves, to choose health, and then getting them to understand that it's attainable. You know, so for me, fitness is uh, making fitness understandable, attainable, and fun. And so it's just steering people towards things they might like. And, you know, when people hit me with excuses and boy, do they ever that everybody's got some reason, oh, I can't do it. I can't yeah. eat healthy because I have a job or I have kids or whatever. It's so ridiculous, um, but yeah. So perhaps my superpower is being able to poke people in the chest, rattle them, and uh, tell them the truth. And I get to lean in and look at people with a you know raised eyebrow and and tell them their truth. And uh, I get away with it because they know that I love them. So where if your spouse told you the things that I will tell you, oh, you would. Might be filing for divorce, but uh, uh, when I t- say it to people, people go, "Okay, she's right, and she loves me." So um, that goes a long way. I think my real yeah. passion for people.
0: Yeah, yeah, love it. Little little shifting gears in the conversation. We just had a a, a race on that you were hosting. Looked like it might have been in LA. Uh, I think Is so. I wasn't, wasn't watching. Up?
1: Was it a big crowd yeah. of people?
0: Yeah, all in red.
1: Yeah, that was uh, Wonder Woman at uh, LA Live where the Lakers play. And I think we had about 10,000 plus people, 99% of them in Wonder Woman gear. What a freaking spectacular day. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is what I get to do. Wouldn't you get up and go do that no matter how sick you were?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, no energy comes from that group. Right, like I'm saying that facetiously, right? Like, no, and, and here's you know, the thing: you can't thing. help but feel better around those those yeah. folks.
1: So I hit them with big joy and big energy because that's how I feel about them. But then they give it back. You know, I get I get pelted in the face by their joy, and it's just it's extraordinary. It's euphoria for me. It's so good.
0: Yeah, I would imagine it's almost like uh, performing, well, like being it, a musician on stage.
1: Yeah, yeah, except with a terrible voice. And on occasion, on occasion, I've had to sing. Uh, parts of the anthem just to keep it going, which is god awful for everybody. But yeah, it's it's performing without any real uh talent, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it's performing with incredible energy and not just that transcends and smooths out any of the, you know, vocal um Vocal talents that maybe others have more superpowers of, but that's okay. That's not what you're there to do. You're there to lead people. That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to sell myself short. I, 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 there is, it is a performance. Um, but it's, you know, sometimes I think of a performance as you're speaking at people or performing for them. And my job is to connect to them. Right. So I, I feel like when I'm on the stage, I feel like we're sitting at the kitchen table, me and these 20,000 other people. I just feel like, we're there doing it together. And even if you're in the way back of the pack and I are wrapped around Dodger Stadium at the LA Marathon, there's over 10,000 people I cannot see when I'm standing at the start line stage, but I feel them and I and I hope they're laughing with us. It's just it's a yeah. great experience. Yeah,
0: yeah. By the way, where do you call home?
1: Gainesville, Florida, where we do this. Gainesville.
0: Thing. Okay, Go gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Very good. That's uh that's a nice place to live the last few years when it comes down to freedom and choices of things.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm born and raised in Florida. I'm There's only like seven of us who are actually born and raised in the state. <laughs>
0: Everyone
1: yeah, else keep,
0: is from somewhere else. Cape Florida, Florida, right?
1: Yeah. It's just, it It works for me. It makes me yeah. I'm very grateful to be here. It's a gift.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that you just touched on something right there. It makes me happy. You know, people... People often get rooted down needlessly. You know, we don't have roots under our feet. We can move. Right. You know, my wife and I are actually, uh, our anniversary's coming up in August, but because our youngest son has football and he's making a run at playing college football, specifically Division I. Nice. Um, that's the goal. And we're going we're gonna to work and support that and make that happen. So our anniversary trip is uh, to West Virginia, of all places, because... We'd love to own uh, a campground or two or more, and we want to uh, we want to start there.
1: Well, uh, Mountaineers is that what he's looking at?
0: Uh, well, that would be a D one school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just like that area. Um, from a personal standpoint, limited government. You can okay. um, you can you can kind of build on your own property the way you want without a lot nice. of headaches. Uh, I'm going through that right now at our store here in Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, sure. We were doing a simple awning project. It was to be a small project that's turned into a big project that hopefully is going to be a small project. It became a big project as it related to permitting and all that nonsense. But um, but anyway, I digress uh, to the point of having roots. Like You can choose to be happy.
1: Yes. Right? Yeah, for and sure. That,
0: yeah, for us, that happiness is you know, creating memories around family camping. Because for both my wife and I, there's, there's a lot there.
1: I love we that. We want to give
0: that to other people. So that's yes. the start of that journey in a few weeks.
1: It, and you'll actually build your own campground?
0: We want to own it. Yeah, oh, we want to own it, have somebody run it, kind of create a Disney-like experience for camping. And, uh, you know, I think where a lot of campgrounds miss is they don't work to bring in the local community that surrounds them, you know.
1: You know, it's so interesting. I think there's a
0: blending there.
1: Here in the Gainesville area, so we're surrounded by all these very rural counties. but um the uh, locals are always camping locally. So, I'm in Gainesville, but High Springs has great campgrounds and Lake White and uh, it's just, yeah, we do camp locally around here, and it's lovely. It's the part of Florida that nobody thinks of. They think of the beaches, which there are plenty mm-hmm. and they're incredible, and they think of Disney world uh, but then Disney central part of the state is greening. It's the forests and there's springs and rivers. And it's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. So yeah, I was born in the right spot. Thanks, Mom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I have the same thoughts on Disney. It's like happiest place on earth. Let's see, you line up hours on time where you can pay the, it used to be 600 bucks for whatever the quick pass was with the guide. I think it's now top 1,800 or 2,200 bucks. Yeah. Um, But still you're hot. It's humid. It rains at three o'clock every day.
1: It, it, you know what? And it's there's, the happiest there, place
0: on earth. Yeah. There's a, a lot of
1: great to it. My kids are older now. So now I'm like, oh, I don't have to do that much. But, but right. you know, there's there's definitely some good to it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you wrote these books. Yeah. Obviously uh, inspired by your journey and your battle, which again, you kicked its butt.
1: Kicked my butt nope. <laughs> It was yeah. a lot of mutual blow by blow, uh, you know situations but yeah I, I thankfully i'm cancer free
0: yeah, so what made you want to start the the book writing journey? I've done it a handful of times uh for more niche and specific reasons yeah um what 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 was the calling what made you feel drawn to doing that
1: um so I had published one book previously, but you know when I went through cancer um you know at the start, I was kind of I didn't want to have to tell anybody I had it. You know, I would, um, I'm i a person who believes kind of perfect mm. medical things should be kept personal. Um, but I knew I was going to go bald and I was going to end up on stages and people were going to ask. So I was almost kind of bullied into making this weird video announcing, telling my little world that, hey, this is what's going on with me. And I told them, I said, listen, you cannot have pity for me. You can root for me. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to look a little weird, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to perform as expected and nothing will change. And boy, did they show up and root for me. I, I'm surrounded by the greatest people on earth. But soon to follow that, what I decided once things started hitting the fan physically is I wasn't going to share all the hardships because my job, my role with fitness, is to be a beacon of health and happiness, not of pain and suffering. And I was doing so much pain and suffering and things were going so wildly wrong Um, that I wasn't telling the truth. I would just show up with a smile and people could make their assumption. When they said, how are you? I'd say, great, no matter what. Um, But as things progressed, some of my side effects were so weird. Like it wasn't just hard and scary. It was weird and hilarious. You know, it just got so, so strange. I'm looking at pictures of myself thinking, oh, it's so weird that it was me. But the bizarre stuff happened. Like I, right before a race one morning, I woke up and my eyes had changed colors. Eyes change. Wow. I know. <laughs> Nobody told me that could happen. And so there was a whole that, bunch of stuff like that. And I thought, well, people would get a good kick out of this. You know, I'm not telling them. I didn't get on social and be like, hey, guys, guess what? My eyes changed colors today, but it happened. And uh, so eventually I started to think, gosh, I should tell them about the funny stuff. And I didn't know how I was going to tell that. And then um, eventually I started realizing that I had made some really good decisions for myself. Um, with not only uh, the mental fortitude perspective and pursuing these passions and they worked miracles for me. And then of course my commitment to fitness was making an extraordinary difference. And that's when I thought, okay, now, now I'm responsible. Now I'm, um, obligated to share, you know, this is, they need to know this because I'm certainly yeah. not the only person going to do cancer. So that's how, um, this one was born, my noisy cancer comeback. So that's the memoir. And that's done really well. And then this one, your healthy cancer comeback, this was born uh, when I hit rock bottom. So I had, I was halfway through chemo and my chemo was vicious. I had it for a long time and it was, it was mean. And then it was after my surgery and uh, I lost so much weight. I was, I was a skeleton. And it was at that point where my mom had just said something to the effect of, you need to eat. You look like you're in the Holocaust. And I thought, oh, Thanks, mom. I know. I know. <laughs> so I went to the gym one day after surgery. I was just like able to start doing stuff after uh, my surgeon allowed me to. And I get to the gym and I sit down on a machine and I put in the weight I used to lift. I put the pin in and I push and nothing happens. And I drop the pin and I drop the pin. And eventually I had to drop that pin 80%. I could only lift 20% of what I had previously lifted. So not only did I look the part, but now I my abilities had been severely diminished. And, um, you know, when I was sitting there, I thought, oh, this is the point where I'm supposed to get up and run, uh, leave the gym in tears and go home and, and hide. But then I thought, well, I know how to rebuild my body, right? I, yay for me, I'm a fitness expert. I knew exactly right. how to take baby steps and and powerful steps and get back to not only healthy, but fit and athletic. And I did. But at that same point where I was feeling very confident, I started having these incredible pains for my peers, you know, the millions of cancer patients around the world who are obliterated by their disease or their treatment, and they have no idea how to rebuild their body, how to get back to their point B. Because, you know, I I was skinny skeleton. Some people gain a whole bunch of weight. Some people lose limbs, you know, and some people lose mobility and balance and all of these things. And so then I decided, okay, I have to help. And because I'm a fitness expert who has, you know, keen insight for uh, the cancer experience, I had to write the guidebook and nobody else had written it, which is weird, but nobody did. And then now there's a companion journal too, to help people through it. So uh, I, those, these books were born because I had to write them and uh, they, they apparently are helping people. I have, I have thousands of cancer patients and survivors that have reached out to say that they've benefited them. So I feel really grateful about that.
0: Yeah, that's just fantastic. So, in writing the books, you said you felt—I don't know—that you said called, even though it was just a minute ago. Um, Compelled was that a feeling? Compelled. Yeah. What yeah. was that like? A feeling? Was that something you heard? Um, you know, we we can go down this road if you want. We don't have to. Was there was there like a faith aspect of that?
1: No, no. You know what? I'm pragmatic. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a pragmatist and some things I just find a hole, you know, you find a hole, you want to fill it type thing. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, this is who I am. This is who I am. So I just thought I have to help. I have to get this information out. And it's funny. I've written thousands of articles, uh, but sometimes I don't write for a month just because I have nothing unique to say. And I'm very committed to not writing unless there's something Relevant mm. that I need to get out, or not doing a podcast. I I have a podcast. I only do it when I want to, right? I'm not. Right. I'm on nobody else's schedule, and I don't just come up and, and yammer. I only speak when I have something to say. And when it came to, you know, the memoir and the guidebook, it was had to say these things because I had to help.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I love that approach too. I mean, you felt compelled because you saw the need. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the quote, "If not me, then who?" Right.
1: Ricky, great. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. I looked on Amazon and there was nothing. There's nothing on fitness exercise. There's nothing relevant. There's, there's a book that's pretty crappy. It's 20 years old. It's written by a nurse. Bless her heart. She's not a fitness expert. What does she know? Right. Um, and, and the book is pretty weak. And again, I'm not going to call her out, but that was what? all that was there. How come this doesn't exist? Because every oncologist is telling their patient, um, study show this is proof. You uh exercise and nutrition will both make you more likely to reach remission, less likely to have a recurrence. There is so much evidence to show that exercise nutrition, quality rest, complementary care will help you. It's control what you can, right? yet right. nobody's saying here's exactly how to do it, so I did. I did it. Good for you. yeah,
0: good for you. and we have um, in our show notes, but you have a little three pack offer yeah um, for these books so. Listen, you don't like. I I don't think anybody has to play six degrees of separation with cancer. Unfortunately, no. Nope. Nope. Um, it used to be that way, but not so much. Yeah, um,
1: and and I had breast cancer, but these books suit you know whether you have colon cancer, brain cancer, leukemia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're relevant for everybody, and you know what I what I hope Jeff is that zero percent of your viewers and listeners have cancer. I hope none of them yeah. have it. However, I believe one hundred percent of them love someone with cancer mm-hmm. or someone who recently went through it and you know when when someone we care about gets diagnosed we instantly think oh i wish we could help what do we do are we going to send another blanket another hat or are you going to give them actual control and power and knowledge to control the things they can to avoid that yep. muscle atrophy and the loss of balance and the weakness and so forth so yeah let's let's get it on let's help these people that's what these books are there for
0: Love it, love it. well, we've got that in our show notes, and yeah, and thanks. you know, yeah, if you I would hope you watching listening that you aren't afflicted with cancer, that you do not have it, if you do get it, if you know somebody that does, which likely you do, get that forum. It's real easy. I think the link's right in the show notes, you can click it um so I have another question I want to ask you, but I'm going to ask you this one first, see if you've heard of this, so I've got friends. Um, they're rubbing off on me as far as fitness goes. Okay. Uh, I've been I've been making better choices as of late, down 12 pounds. And congratulations,
1: um, fantastic.
0: Thank you. And and it is that choice. I'm not I'm not going crazy, signing up for a gym membership and you know, switching to like, you know, a liquid diet two times a day and a piece of fish and salad. I'm just doing better choices and stacking. And uh, but one of my friends, Adam, he's one of these. He's one of these fitness nuts, and he'll go on a five-day fast, and this is not meant to have you endorse that. I'm merely sharing it for the nutrition aspect. He does it because he has a lot of cancer in his family. He's also kind of a uh, nerd, self-described nerd, who reads a lot about cancer and has found papers that when you read remove what's in your body that far, your body begins to take away um, so, uh, some, uh, some things in the body that can lead to some cancers. And so he does it for the mental challenge, he does it for the physical challenge, and he does it because it makes him feel better about his future station in life. Have you ever heard anything like that?
1: So I have done a god awful amount of research, especially you know, a. I have all the credentials, right? I have the master's degree mm-hmm. in exercise and sports sciences, and a lifetime of commitment to learning on the subject. But when it comes to these books, comes to these books, I did a lot of learning. I never heard of anything like that. And problem with stuff like that is it's radical and it sets people up for suffering and failure. And I've seen zero evidence that starving yourself for five days will uh prevent cancer okay. from coming. It's it's like the people who do the juice fast. What's It's absurd. Right. Eat lots of fruits and veggies, drink lots of water on a regular basis. You don't have to go get a colonic. And you just eat lots of fiber, drink lots of water, and your body will do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I love your friend, Adam. I wish him well. Um I hope he encourages zero other people to follow his path because I would not. If I had one of my people come to me and say they were going to do that, I would give him that poke in the chest and shake rattle. Yeah, give him them
0: that up you talked about. Yeah, they
1: would not be encouraged by me, that's for sure.
0: Well, again, you know, uh, I heard it, I listened to it. I'm like, well, if not for anything, you're going to mentally test yourself in a way (laughs) that most...
1: Yeah. Our bodies are designed to consume. We've got pointy teeth. We've got this killer digestive system. We're supposed to deprive it. We're supposed to nourish it we're supposed to say okay here's here's food that makes you go here's food that makes you work better here's liquid now you know our bodies are like such a huge percentage um water so water Mm -hmm. is really important so any day where someone says you can't have broccoli today we go what really you can't have strawberries why what is what is that all about i mean unless you've got an allergic to allergy to broccoli or strawberries or you've got diverticulitis you're, you should be eating food every day. This is the thing that mm-hmm. makes us go. So I, these radical diets and pills and powders are all, they're all snake oil. They're all nonsense. If I could travel the country and pop everybody in the face who, who promote them, I would probably do so because it's unfair and unethical to take advantage yeah. of the consumer who wants nothing more than to feel good about themselves and have some health in their life. So, yeah, I'm I'm radical in defense of of the everyday person who deserves better. You don't have to fast. You would sleep at night. That's our fast, right? We wake up mm-hmm. and we fuel up. So um, yep. yeah, fitness is not so complicated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of those choices I made was to stop eating um, at seven o'clock. Nothing after seven.
1: And that works for you.
0: And that works for me.
1: 12 pounds. That's and great. Yeah.
0: It does well. Yeah. And that's not the only one, but that's one of them. Um. So uh, I had this question written down. I'll ask it now. So, what is the difference between fitness and fitness?
1: Oh, um, fitness is <laughs> well. It's it's a it's a malarkey free right. It's free of diets, pills, powders, all the other nonsense our fitness trainers are pushing. And man, yeah, there's a lot of good people in this industry, but there's some people that are talking the nasty stuff just to make a buck and I don't approve that. Mm -hmm. So fitness is real deal, truthful, uh, studied fitness, which again is not so complicated. And ideally it's fun. You know, people say, well, Fitz, you're in the running industry. I hate to run. Okay. I don't care if you hate to run, go swim, go do karate, get on a bike, whatever, do what you like to do. Um, the the purpose of fitness is to get you to make fitness understandable, attainable, and fun, right? The things you need to focus on are strength, cardio, flexibility, and balance. Those are the four pillars of fitness. You do them in whatever mode you seem fit. Whatever entertains you, inspires you, keep you go, keeps you going, those are the four pillars of fitness. When it comes to food, you should have more foods that help versus foods that hurt, and you should eat a, uh, a limited amount that's called the exact formula. Most people use it as the exact formula for weight loss. It's on the cover of fitsness.com and it'll just teach you how to eat a right, the right amount of the right foods for the size you want to be. So it's gimmick free, it's gimmick free fitness. And, um, I'm, that's it. I'm about to help people live better and longer. If you want to no. look a certain way or in your jeans or in your swimsuit, I can help you with that, but that's not my concern. I'm concerned about you living well and living long.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the topic of choices, it it is really fitness and and fitness is about uh, less in, more output, right?
1: Well, some for some people it's less. You know, if if you're consuming too many calories, you can never exercise those off. Which is why when I announce a uh, let's say a full marathon with ten thousand people. Probably 8,000 of those athletes could lose 20 or more pounds, you know? Mm -hmm. So you really can't reckless, you can't exercise off reckless eating. Um, and reckless eating doesn't mean you're just shoving down Cheetos all day. Sometimes reckless eating could be, uh, too much of a good thing, right? You're just having more than your body requires. And so it grows, it expands. And so, yeah, it's just about helping people figure out those details and the details are pretty easy to figure out. So that's. That's why I provide tons of free resources at fitness.com, just because there's too much misinformation out there.
0: Right, right. And I suppose I said that through my lens, right? Because I am that poor eater. Yeah. And I know the secret. It's it's more more activity, less eating.
1: Well, or or smarter eating. Yes. Eating. Right. You can eat you can actually, if you're eating. A low calorie, high nutrition food, You can eat a lot of food. You, sometimes mm-hmm. I've had my mother look at me and say, "You eat a god awful amount of food for a little person." I say, "Yep, I do. I just eat really good stuff, so I can shovel it in."
0: Yeah. What are a few of those good things that you eat? Just out of curiosity.
1: Oh, that I eat. Uh, well, I'm real nerdy, but I'm addicted to citrus. I love oranges and tangerines and strawberries. I love I love fruit in general. I'm a real nerd when it comes to vegetables. Most not most of my meal, that's an exaggeration. But I love to just bring out a nonstick pan and throw in cut up tomatoes and broccoli and squash and season it and that's dinner and it feels good. Oh, I also eat french fries. I do like french fries. Those are my uh, my uh sometimes foods.
0: Yep, french fries are, french fries are tasty. That's yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It's good we got pointy teeth to eat them too. I love that. You that's said that I'm like, pointy teeth are great for cheeseburgers.
1: I, yeah, camp. on occasion, just on occasion, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look yeah. at Tim Patton saying hello. That's one of my favorite runners, right there. He's a oh, awesome. Police Tim, serge- thanks for seeing you there. Police sergeant from Cleveland, Ohio. We love him.
0: Oh, cool! Very cool. I've got a dear friend that lives in the in the Cleveland area. Actually, a couple of them. Kevin, Kevin McFarland, man. How are you, Kevin? Somebody I coach football with. Oh. Great man, giving back to his community, leading kids. Uh, in Reading City, in the and in, in the towns that we live in, uh, Kevin, good to see you, my friend. We needed to definitely connect for sure, for sure.
1: He's got a beautiful smile.
0: That's right, that's right. He's got a little boy, baby Mac, who's not who's not uh, such a baby anymore. He's growing up, fine young man. That was cool. It's cool, and Greg Weber's tuning in now too. We're getting all the comments, which is awesome.
1: It's right, fun about. Him. Greg's my Buffalo race director and a a BFF. I love you, Greg. Hi. Very cool. Here they come, Jeff.
0: I know, right? We just had to get kind of rolling and and get working through. Um, So let's talk about the controlling what you can, when you can. I mean, again, through your cancer journey, there had to be a lot of times you kind of felt like you just didn't have that control. You had to listen to this doctor. You had to go schedule this test. Oh, wait, we have to do this one first. Oh, well, they didn't send over the report. Am I I kind of dialing into that emotion of of that that time?
1: Yeah, my life went on spin cycle. It's incredible what happens when you get that diagnosis. I went from just this like athlete, busy professional, living my best life to in doctor's appointments for hours every day. And and then uh, doing things that scare me all the time. And uh, you know, my attitude has always been control what you can. You know, when there's things that I can't control, I don't give them any of my energy. Uh, I fe- see too many people worried about what this person thinks of them. Well, I can't control what you think of me and it's none of my business anyway. So I'm really good at letting certain things go. But uh, with cancer, boy, is that a scary time. Don't you think, Jeff? It's just it's very mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, so... Uh, There's I been... Had...
0: Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, that's okay. I was just going to say I had to control this, right? So I had to do all of this stuff. I'm a medical wimp. I, uh, I'm i afraid of needles. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they poked me about 6 million times over those mm-hmm. 15 months. At least I'm claustrophobic. So there was a couple of MRIs that um, led to five-star freakouts on my behalf. I had to do them, right? So. What can you control if you're forced into a little tiny tube to uh, be, to suffocate for 45 minutes? The only thing I can tr- control was the voice in my head. And she is a very powerful weapon. You know, I, I see too many people using that voice in their head to put themselves down and berate mm-hmm. themselves and hold themselves back. And man, that girl in there, she's pretty cool. She was like, you can do this. You've got this. You can do hard things. And, uh, she helped me along and, and that was control. And then of course, exercise, you know, I could have just lied there and felt sorry for myself. And there was a lot of lying there. I never felt sorry for myself, but when I could get up, I got up and that really prevented a even more radical decline, which I'm so grateful for. I'm not sure I would have survived it without, uh, without the exercise and nutrition component. And I'm Mm. really not sure I would have survived it all without my kids and my career, my, my athletes around the country it did so much to keep me going. It was, it was just breathtaking. I'm very fortunate. Yeah.
0: yeah, almost seems as though everything prior to your diagnosis was leading up to it.
1: Yeah, so
0: just to have that like strength put in the toolbox, so you had the right tools.
1: Yeah, and I had built up this uh, the, all this wonderful stuff to live for. Right, so the kids for me they were my 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 motivation in so many regards, I just wasn't going to leave them. And uh, then my career, it just kept me going because if if I didn't have those distractions or those wonderful things to focus on, all I would have been was sick, right? There's so many people who Mm. say, oh, if I had cancer, I would quit on the spot. I'd be home. Like, okay. And then at your home, what are you going to do for, if you have treatment like I for a year and a half, you're just going to be home? Yeah. Yeah. Uplifting. Uh, No offense to your home, but Gotta get out. You gotta have people and things to look forward to. Really, really benefited me. I'm so fortunate. I'll say it again. I'm so fortunate, and I make great choices.
0: Love that. Love that. That you say is is that like one of your daily habits? You say I'm so fortunate.
1: oh I just think I feel it. It's not a habit, but yeah, I am so grateful, and I, you know, I'm. I give out a lot of hugs at, at at finish line. So I've my uh, co-announcer Rudy Novotny is one of my best friends. I think he's the best announcer in the world. He he credits me for being the same, but he said today he said you've reinvented race announcing. You just do it differently. You've added all these elements. And really some of the elements that I've added on is my obsession <laughs> obsession with our athletes. So I can't keep my hands off them. Like there we go. I'm like always down on the ground. A lot of announcers they just sit on a stage without, behind a table and they Read names and say good job. And, and that's fine. But me, I just have to get down and I want to hug them and tell them I love them and tell them how great they did. And thankfully they're not creeped out by me usually. <laughs> like maybe there's once in a while someone's like, no, lady, don't hug me. Don't hold my hand. But, yeah. um, you know, this is, this is what you see there as I just, uh, it, they make me so. So I, yeah. I don't know if it's a habit that I say I'm so fortunate, but every time I look at them or they reach out and say hello, I think, oh, what a blessing.
0: Yeah. Well, in the pre-show, you know, so you have your companion journal too, yeah. and I'm sorry, I'm going to botch the title. Um, the companion Cancer, journal one of Cancer Comeback Journal. Yeah. If I just look at the screen, it's actually in view for me to not okay. watch it. Okay. You have your journal, the Healthy yeah. Cancer Comeback Journal. You know, on the on that topic of, you know, positivity, that topic of creating a habit, the thing that surprised me in our coaching group, we, I shared in pre-show, we wrote a journal. One of the things that I do in there that I always carve down for myself because I realized I was going through life at times, just not practicing happiness. And a lot of people do that. And And I've had people report back, simply the action of checking three boxes off, reading three affirmations focused on happiness a day has done wonders for them.
1: So do you know and, what... I'm so sorry. You finished. No, go ahead. Do you know what strawberry moments are? No. Okay. So strawberry moments are these things. My kids both went to this uh, local summer camp out in the woods. You love it. Sleepaway camp. And it's called Camp Crystal. And at the end of the each day, and in, in the cabin, like the girl's cabin or the boy's cabin, they, they would go around the room and each kid would share their strawberry moment of the day. And so for a camper, that strawberry moment is something camp related. We won the canoe race or I sang mm-hmm. a car- a song or I made a new friend. Well, I took that because I think it's so valuable. And so in my books and then in the journal, you know, there's in the back with the daily fitness log, there's a requirement to list your strawberry moments of the day, because even with cancer, Something wonderful happened to you, so maybe it was a sweet new nurse, or maybe you got great news, but maybe even if you got bad news, an old friend reached out and you got to mm. connect and uh, you know there's something wonderful happened, so uh, yeah. much like your uh, your happy habits, you know strawberry moments, even with cancer, something great is happening, and you know I hope that even if my treatment hadn't gone my way, like even if i we're, we're not going to survive, right? If that doctor had had that conversation, says Fitz, there's nothing else we can do. Um, I hope every single day moving forward, I would have connected with someone I love or, or chosen to see the bright side of each day, each moment, each hour. I would have, when we talk about control, I would have made sure my passing was, you know, the way I wanted it, the place I wanted Mm. to be with the people, you know, maybe I'd have some Garth Brooks playing in the back because he makes me happy. And Plan out my funeral in advance, you know it's control and joy, and uh, I'm committed to joy no matter what
0: that's life I had big ticket life life and business on your terms. That's yeah. it right there in a nutshell,
1: yeah, yeah life and, on
0: your terms, whether you're here or not,
1: yeah, and when it comes to business, if it doesn't make me happy, I'm not doing it,
0: yeah, yeah yeah good for you and and that, I think so many people lose sight of that yeah. yep oh thanks. there's there's Rudy
1: thanks, Rudy. You
0: guys are sharing a strawberry moment together right here on the show right. in, in real time
1: the best bestie <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I mean I think as we as we look to kind of wrap up our time together and I've had so much fun having you on the show um you know let's talk about that in business about doing what makes you happy because it can you know you you get a lot of noise, you know, your peers, your industry, yeah. maybe your employees, your spouse, whoever. Well, you have to do it this way. You have to do this. So you got to take the good customers with the bad customers. And, and I think you and I are very much aligned in, in that. No, we, we what we should be doing are the things that serve our purpose always and, and removing ourselves from that noise of negativity. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, you, you you know, in the, in the fitness industry, you get those excuses. So how do you, I think probably those excuses are the biggest chunk of noise you deal with. Uh, How do you, um, how do you, uh, stay happy
1: in that? Uh, you know, I'm always happy to help people and telling them the truth doesn't ever hurt my feelings. Right. So I, I, I am okay with that. Now, if I could snap my fingers and have more people take their health seriously and, um, commit to exercise and and be willing to make, you know, choose a salad at McDonald's versus a burger at McDonald's because you could still go to McDonald's and find something healthy. Mm-hmm. Boy, would I snap my fingers and do that. Um, I am, it, it comes to choices, right? So when you're younger in your career, when you're newer, maybe you have to do things that you're not being paid a fair wage, but you're getting experience, right? Maybe you have to work with people you're not thrilled about. The goal is, is when you go from a job to a profession or a career, uh, and there's a big difference between having a profession and a job. When you're in a job, you're uh, doing the things you work, doing what you want, with whom you want, when you want, where you want, for the amount you want. And I, I lecture to universities and I give Mm. called create Create a Career 101, but that's the goal. Who, where, what, when, how much, you know? So now work with wonderful people. You know, it's funny on the fitness side of things, I have to do a lot of arm twisting, trying to convince people that exercise is a good idea. Please exercise. You know, in the race industry, a race director who's usually this wonderful guy or gal, they say, Fitz, we think you're fun. We want to have you. We're going to treat you right. And we know you're going to treat us right. And then they say, Fitz, here's 20,000 people who think exercise is a great idea. Make sure they have a good time. I show up in the, in the greatest circumstances possible. And, uh, I, I'm happy to do the work that I do. I'm willing to say no now, you know, so maybe 20 years ago I said, okay, you know, if somebody can't meet my rate, I say, sorry, but no. Um, and that's actually a big deal for women. You know, I, I, I believe we have hit Mm. rights. We're there women. You got to start sticking up for yourself. You got to start demanding more. You got to, Got to know your value and insist upon it. It's not anybody else's responsibility, but your own to uh, acknowledge your worth and meet you there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I just, right now it's all good. And if there's a situation I'm invited to participate in and I don't believe it's a good one, I will say no thank you. Good for you. Good for you.
0: I should have told you, I I forgot in our pre-show we had a, good little energetic pre-show. I make some notes throughout our time together to carve out great moments, great timestamps. Yeah. So we get these little nuggets of our time to share with others. So we amplify and we share out those strawberry moments that we yeah. created in our 50-some minutes together. So that's what I was just doing right, right there. You got one more in as we as we look to oh. wrap up. I've had a lot of fun today. I really appreciate your energy for sure. I knew we'd have a good show. Uh, I knew we'd Give give something to our watchers and to our listeners to take away, and you know that really is you are in control, and those choices can be made. You know, you you, you hit the nail on the head about the McDonald's example, because for years I was a road rep, and McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King were the stops because they were on the road, and I could squeeze that in between stop, you know, six and seven. Yeah, but the choice was always there, and you know, there were days I made better choices to get that salad. The taco salad at Wendy's was my go-to. Okay. Not as good as a salad salad, but a lot better than a double quarter pounder. Hey, you and know what? I made those choices.
1: Jeff, here's here's the other reality we haven't mentioned is perfect is boring. Nobody mm. is expected to be perfect in any regard, um with the food they put in their mouth, with their exercise schedule, with their work performance. I mean, there's this thing called human error and it exists. And I think life would be boring without it. That's actually how i raise raised my children. They know perfect is boring. So keep your standards in check and just aim to do your best as much as possible. And if something falls through the cracks on occasion, hopefully nobody gets killed, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think another way to put that to wrap up, when we think about like a mission to the moon, everybody thinks of it as this straight shot. Right to the moon right this this line this arc and it's really there's there's tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of course corrections along the way yeah the goal the standard is the moon the standard the goal is what you set so thanks for helping people set those standards and goals for themselves and you're there to hold their hand along the way through those course corrections and get them there
1: hey you know what i'm i'm All our people, they're the best people. Someone that takes the energy to watch a podcast to learn how to do better and be better speaks volumes of who they are. So they just have to, you know, reprogram that person in their head to talk themselves up instead of talk themselves down. Remember that they can do hard things and yeah, stay the course, right? Keep going.
0: Yep. Love it. Love it. Fitz, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate your energy. FitzNest.com is the place to go. Lots of resources there to make good choices about your health you can't help but see you'll energize get your pump up check out Fitz's three book pack we've got it in the links we've been putting it in the comments here on the show please if you know somebody who's been uh, affected by cancer any cancer um, do them a good deed and create a strawberry moment and send them that pack that three pack of books I'm sure they'll gain a lot of benefit Fitz this has been a pleasure thank you so much
1: thanks team bye all right
0: we'll see you next week on the big ticket life take care Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.bigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.